reminder to <laughs> turn your clocks forward. <laughs> you know, we thought a little drama might add to the mix. You like that? <laughs> well, guys, welcome to church. Uh, my name is Matt, and my wife Amber and I are the pastors here. If you're, if you're new, if you haven't met yet, um, and if we haven't met yet, I'd love to uh, get to meet you. I'll be in the lobby hanging out afterwards. You can come by and say hi, or if you are more comfortable, you can just text into our office. You can text in guests and introduce yourself that way if, if that's easier for you. And, uh, and we're actually going to receive our tithes and offerings at the, at the same time right now. And, and so um, you can actually give electronically or digitally uh, um, through t- the same text system that, that normally comes up. And so um, the text system, or you can also do it through the drop boxes or on our website. And so um, let's just pray over the tithes and offerings. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for all that you have done for us, all how much you have blessed us. And God, allow us to continue to be good stewards of, of all the resources that you've given us. And as we return the tithe uh, back to you, God, that it would be used in, to have an exponential impact everywhere it goes to advance your kingdom and your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I got a couple of quick announcements for you. The first one is this is our, our family business meeting is coming up. Family business meeting is something we do. Um, and uh, and it's, it's, you know, we're talking about budgets. We're talking about kind of the, where we are as a state of the union, if you will, a state of the union address or where we're at at the church. And, and then we kind of talk about where we're going in the future. And, and it's kind of all the businessy side of running a church, you know, which is no fun. But, but we talk about it anyway. And, uh, and so if you, um, we just invite anybody who wants to be part of it, you can be part of it and, and just kind of get a, a touch and a feel of, of where everything lies and, and where we're headed. And, uh, you know, um, I believe that God has a bright future for us. He has done amazing things in our church over the last 24 months. It's been un- unbelievable to be part of it. And so we're going to celebrate some of those uh, stories and some of the things that God has been doing and, and then also kind of talk about um, where God is leading us as we continue to move forward. And, uh, and then the next announcement I have is actually related to our technology team. How do you guys appreciate our sound and tech guys? And you know what's interesting is you don't ever notice the tech people until something goes wrong, right? And then you're like, hey, who's back there anyway, right? You know, and, and, uh, and but I know is this is that our church has very few technical problems because we have an excellent team back there. And uh, we're actually looking to expand that a little bit. And so if you have an interest in technology, if you like pushing buttons and getting creative a little bit with some of it, there's a lot of creativity that kind of comes into what they do. And, and we have lights and sound and projectors and and uh, we're working on building our live stream as well so we can um, help uh, uh, broadcast our services out onto the internet and so we're moving into kind of some expansion areas and they need a little bit of help back there so if you like tech and you're good at that stuff and it piques your interest you can talk to jeff <laughs> he looks like that, um, or in your bulletin, his cell phone number is in the bulletin. So if you, if there, you can actually pull out your phone right now and text him, maybe a funny GIF or something like that. Put him in a large group text. I know he likes that, so I'm kidding. Do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hate me for that one. Yes. So feel free to, to reach out if, if you want to talk to him in person or you can just text him and say, hey, I'm interested. And if you say you're interested, that doesn't mean you're committed. You can just say, I'm interested in learning more and, and, and figure it out um, if this is a path that you want to keep pursuing. But guys, we are starting off a brand new sermon series. So we have a, a brand new sermon series we're kicking off. Uh, we just wrapped up our marriage series. And uh, how many of you guys liked the marriage series? Wasn't that, that was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was great. I heard a lot of feedback from people saying that they really enjoyed it. And, um, and so, uh, so now we're kicking off a new one called Liar Liar, Pants on Fire. 
<laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. And what's funny is we, we were starting a, to kind of research and brainstorm what should we call this series. And, and I had a lot of um, that big concepts in place and, and kind of outlines for messages. And, and then we're like, well, what should we call it? Because we kind of got to put a, a branding on it kind of thing. You know how we do. And, and, and so we thought liar, liar. And so we Googled liar, liar, pants on fire. And the amount of Donald Trump images that came up were just astounding. <laughs> it was really funny. We all laughed and thought it was a, a, a riot. So um, it was, well, we can't do that, right? So um, that would be really polarizing for so many people. Whether you love them or hate them, doesn't matter to me. Uh, but we thought, you know, who the, who the chief liar is, is actually Satan. And he's the father of lies. And that's where lies come from. And, and so we're going to be talking about the lies of the enemy and how those come into our life and how we can combat them and how we can combat, combat them. You know, but everywhere we go, we see lies, don't we? We got lies everywhere. Everywhere you look, you have lies. People tell you lies all the time. Have any of you had a kid tell you a lie, like your own children? Maybe try to get away with something and, and tell you a lie, maybe a little white lie, and they, they kind of creep in and you got to call them out, right? You're like, that's a lie, you know, from the pit of hell, because Satan's the father of lies. No, you don't tell your kid they're from hell. That's, that's bad parenting advice. Don't do that. Don't do that. But, you know, I received a call the other day from, from my kid's school. And saying, my son is just consistently lying, and my son has a major lying problem. And they were trying to confront me about it. And I said, well, you go ahead and tell him he's a real good liar, because I don't have a son. <laughs> I don't. I got two, two daughters, you know. Yeah, so. One, one good one for you. Why are ghosts bad liars? Because you can see right through them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there we go. But you know, it's not, is all lying bad? I mean, I don't know, right? Are, can, can you tell, like, are there white lies that are okay? I mean, I, I, I lie to my kids sometimes. Mommy and Daddy, what were you doing in the bedroom? Uh, we're taking a nap, you know? Yeah, little, little white lies, you know? And, and uh, we tell, tell little, little lies of what we're doing. Do you ever, like, tell yourself little lies? Like, like in the midst of chaos, you're like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know, and try to get through whatever it is that you're in the middle of. You know, sometimes we tell ourselves lies. Sometimes we tell other people lies and, and, and things that aren't true. Or, or is every lie just a terrible, evil lie? I don't know. I'm just telling you that, that, uh, that, that there are lies around us all the time. And some of them seem innocent. But some of them are vicious. You know? Like, I'm not going to raise taxes. You know, like every politician says. Or maybe I'm going to raise taxes. Or whatever they say, right? You, 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 you talk about the, the, all the lies that we hear on TV and, and all the lies that we see around us. It's interesting, the lies we tell ourselves. The lies that we tell ourselves sometimes, here's a few that I got for you. If I could just blank, then my life would be amazing. If I could just get that promotion, if I could just buy that Lamborghini, if I could just own a private jet, I don't know if that's anybody's wish list in the room. <laughs> I'm saying ridiculous things because to be, make it funny, but, but, but really it's like if I could just get my mom to say she's sorry, my life would be okay. If I could just get, you know, like if I could just get this, then my life would be great. If I had more time, I would do blank. Well, see, that's, that's kind of a big excuse sometimes. If I just had more time, then I could start a business. If I could just had more time, I could just... We tell ourselves lies sometimes to help comfort the, the, the lack of maybe progress or, or what we know that we're being led to, but we make excuses. We lie to ourselves. I just don't have enough time. If I, if I just had time... Well, if I just could say or do this, then that person will finally change. You've been trying to change somebody. Newsflash, you can't. But, but you're trying to change somebody. If I could just say or do this, then they would change. 
Or if I could just say or do this, then, then, then they wouldn't think I'm stupid anymore. Right? You, 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 if I could just do this, then they would do that. There, there's something inherently wrong about me. Have you ever had that one? It's just the lie you tell yourself. It's just, I'm just a defect. Anybody ever had that? You don't have no raise of hands. But, but you know what I mean? Like, like you've had that lie where you maybe even have thought, it's just, I'm just broken. I'm not, com- I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not, this is not going to happen. It, there's, a, there's a defect. We start to tell ourselves lies. I would change, but I can't because of, well, the economy, right? The economy, if it's good or it's bad, whatever. Oh, the stock market. I would change, but, I, w- I would change, but my family has kind of always been this way. I can't stop drinking because my grandmother was an alcoholic, my mom was an alcoholic, and I'm going to be an alcoholic. I mean, it's just DNA, right? It's just science. I just, I can't change because of. I can't live without. Have you ever told yourself of that one? I can't live without this thing or this person. If this person were to leave my life, I can't live without them. And you tell yourself that lie, and so then you do anything and everything that you could possibly do to keep this person in your life. We tell ourselves lies, and, and we start to believe them, and we start to go down these, these things. But I want to tell you that there's freedom in Jesus, that there's freedom in who he is and what he has said. And this is important, because we can tell ourselves stories, and we can tell ourselves things to the point where we start to believe them, even over the actual truth. We make movies in our head, we, we make them, we've we got creative editing and, and we have uh, uh, special effects and, and, and we create these things in our head and, and, and I might be the only crazy person in the room but, but, but I can sit there in the shower while I'm trying to wash my body and, and there's nothing to distract me and then all I can think of is, 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 is like that, replaying that story. Remember that fight that I had with that person a while back and I'm replaying the story and in my head I'm like if they had just said this then I would have said that and I got that perfect comeback and And then pretty soon you've replayed that thing in your head so many times in your own mind. They did say that and you did have the perfect comeback. And you've made a whole movie in your head of what was going to happen. And then, you know what I mean? Like like you had the whole thing replayed out in your head of what could have, would have, should have happened. And we can remember things in the past as being worse than they actually were. Or we can remember them as being better than they actually were. Listen, you're not with your ex for a reason. I get it. But your ex may not be the monster that you've made them to be in your head because you've replayed it enough times and made them even worse in, re- in, in your mind than reality ever had them. Now, I'm not saying that, that you should be back with them. I'm just saying that sometimes we can spin the past history into things that were monsters. We can make mountains out of, out of molehills in so many different areas. And we can remember the past to be better than it was too. Because when you were that high school star quarterback and, 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 and every time you tell the story, the pass was a little bit longer, the point spread was a little bit bigger, and the crowd was a little bit noisier. You know, every time you tell the story, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Every time you caught that amazing fish, it just gets a little bit bigger every single time that you hold your hands up. You know, if we can look at the past and say, remember that, and then what happens is we compare this false past that we once had with our current reality, and we start to say, gosh, I just wish we had the good old days. But sometimes the good old days were a whole lot better in your mind than they ever were in reality. Sometimes we lie to ourselves, And when we do this, it's called deception. It's when you're deception. And here's the trick. is when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived because that's 
deception. So you don't even recognize it um, when, when you can see it. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting that the enemy can whisper things to us and we can take the, the little something, something that he sprinkles onto our thought process and then we can run with that thing. And it can start to build and build and build. We start to believe things that aren't true. Start to come up with rhymes. Preachers are famous for this. It all starts with the same first letter. It's got to be true. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it rhymes, then, 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 then it's got to it's gotta be true, right? You know, that all that glitters isn't gold. Yeah, that sounds great, but, you know, gold actually doesn't glitter. <laughs> Curiosity killed the cat. How many cats have died from an inquisitive mind, you know? I just, right? It's like it, it's these phrases that people throw around, and, 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 and it's... You know, it's, it's a, you know, nighttime is the right time. Is it? I don't know if that's even true, but if it, it rhymes and you're like, yeah, nighttime's the right time, you know, and you're like going out with your friends and it's like, is it the right time? I don't know. Right time for what? You know, but in the midst of the confusion, we can't seem to separate the lies from the truth sometimes. It just gets a little hazy and a little foggy. And then in the midst of the confusion, the enemy thrives. Because the, the, the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And when he can create an atmosphere in your life to where you don't know which way's up and down, which one's right and wrong, and where you're headed and going and doing, that's when he can attack you the hardest. That's when he can attack you the hardest. Because nobody wakes up in the morning and have the devil tell you, hey, why don't you just be a homeless junkie strung out on whatever kind of drugs imaginable? You can live in a cardboard box under the bridge. It'll be awesome. You probably get shanked in the middle of the night, and that's how you're going to die, on the side of the street with no friends or family and no one that loves you. Everybody's like, well, why would I ever do that? Because the devil doesn't come to you with that right? He doesn't come to you that, hey, the devil doesn't, you don't wake up in the morning and Satan say, listen, your perfect marriage, how about you just train wreck that thing and just destroy it and decimate it? Nobody's like, yeah, I'll sign up for that lie. And nobody does that. It's the gradual steps of deception that he wants to take us through it. The devil is a liar and he wants to move us little by little by little. And then with the fog of confusion and, and, and not understanding what's up and down and in and out and right and wrong, it's so easy to just kind of wander into the wrong path. We have to confront the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. We have to confront the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. Because in the midst of the confusion, we hear statements like this. Well, that's your truth and this is my truth. What? How can truth be relative that far? That, well, that's just your truth and, and then this is my truth. You just got to live your truth. Did you just live your, your truth and I'll just live my truth? Listen, at some point in time, up is up and down is down. At some point in time, something is straight or it's crooked. You can't have a construction site where one framer is on one side of the house and another framer is on the other side of the house where they say, you just live your truth over there, I'll live mine over here, and we'll just kind of meet in the middle eventually. You'll have a fun house that probably falls over because it's not built to the standards of the truth of what's up, it's up, and down, and down, right? There's got to be a plumb line. There has to be something that is the concrete anchor of what is right and what is wrong. Which is why as believers, we tie our life to the scripture, to the word of God, because it has stood the test of time. And, and in every kind of world that you can possibly imagine, whether it be wars or turmoil or prosperity or lack, it's the dark ages, the renaissance, whatever it might be, God's word has held strong and true and pure and accurate all the way through time. And so we anchor ourselves to something that we know is the truth, that we know is the truth. 
At some point, there is the truth. And then there's a substitute. And the enemy, who is Satan, who is the father of lies. And so we're going to jump into scripture and take a look at what it has to say. And in Genesis chapter 3, you can see uh, where he first deceives Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, and, and he said to the woman, he being Satan the serpent, said, did God actually say, you shall not eat of the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, well, we may not eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Lest you die. So there's this one specific tree they can't eat from. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. <clears throat> you know what's interesting? Is, is Satan actually is saying things that are partially true. Right? Did they die when they ate the apple? Not in that moment. Now, it started a process where they now lived a sinful life and death entered the system and then they will die, but, but they didn't die in the moment. Oh, you're not going to die if you take a bite. Huh, I didn't die. I think that's why Adam had Eve eat it first. Well, God said we'd die. Woman, you try it. You know, and she's like, oh, I don't know, you know. I'm the head of this household. I wear the plants in this family. Try it. Well, they didn't have plants yet, so. Truth of what the enemy said, they didn't die at that very instance. And guess what? Their eyes were opened when they ate it. Oh, my gosh. My eyes are opened. And now they did know good and evil. But what the enemy didn't say is that sin had entered their life in this process. Their eyes were open because their innocence was removed. Right? Like he, he, gave you, he gave them half the truth of what was going to happen to their life and only pointed out the highlights and none of the negativity. You should go out with your friends. Just have a couple of drinks. It won't be a big deal. That's, that's why they have Uber. It's, it's not a big deal. Just, just go, you know, go, go. It's, it's not, it'll be fun. It'll be good music. It'll be some good dancing. It'll be great. Never talks about the negative highlights of what's going to happen if you engage in that lifestyle, right? If you're consistently engaging in that lifestyle, guess what? There's a whole lot of negatives that can happen in that environment, right? Oh, yeah, it'll be just a lot of fun. That's all your friends ever talk about anyways, right? It's, just, it's like, hey, it's a lot of fun. And then you go out there and enjoy it, and then after a few, few trips to the club, you're like, why is this? People aren't having fun. I'm holding my friend's hair while they're puking in a nasty toilet in the back of a club. This is disgusting. Like, you didn't tell me about this part, you know? Like, it's a half, the half story, not the complete story. That's what, that's what the enemy does. And in John chapter 4, 844, this is where um, you've heard about the your mama jokes. Jesus is dropping the your daddy stuff on them. And he's talking to the Pharisees, and he says, you are, uh, you are... <laughs> Of your father, your daddy, your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. And he, your daddy, was a murderer from the beginning. Satan, he's saying, is murderous from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan's natural tendency, his natural state is to lie. His natural position is to speak untruths, partial truths that are manipulated to get you to go and take, uh, uh, to take sinful acts. That's his, that's his nature. That's what, he, that's what he does. That's what happens. His plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he will tell lies and half-truths to accomplish this joke, to, to accomplish his goals. Did I say joke? That's weird. 
I don't know. I heard a joke the other day, though. Yeah, science teacher told me that alcohol is a solvent, but I tell you what, I've been drinking a lot and it hasn't solved anything. I don't know. <laughs> Satan, Satan told half-truths and lies in, in the garden to deceive Adam and Eve. He tried to do the same thing to Jesus. You see, Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days in order to, to, to fast, and, then, then in order for, and Satan tried to tempt him in those 40 days. And this is the core text of where we'll be, and that's in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So Satan tried to debate the word of God, really with the word of God, because in John it says that Jesus is the word of God, the living in flesh word of God. He tried to debate the word of God with the word of God. That sounds like a a losing proposition, but he was going to try. Have you ever been told... that God will not lead, lead you into difficult situations? You ever thought, well, you know, if it's, if it's the Lord will, it's going to go easy? If, if so, you've been lied to. Because, because literally Jesus went into the desert to fast for 40 days, to go through a difficult time and to be tempted and to have to deal with some difficult situations. As followers of Jesus, we will deal with difficult situations. We will deal with temptations. We will deal with these things. Points where we're weak and, and we're tired and, and the enemy will come against you and attack you. There is an attack that is going to be there. In fact, the, 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 the Bible talks a lot about a spiritual warfare that's happening that's happening all around us, and that the, the weapons um, of our warfare are not the carnal, they're not the, the, the flesh and blood, our enemy's not flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual enemy that's out there attacking us, that's there. And, and it's just like in a video game, when you're going the right direction, you know, all the bad guys are coming at you, you know? And, and, and if you're going the wrong direction, the bad guys don't care, because it's the same way, when you're going the right direction, when you're following who Jesus is, there will be spiritual attack that comes into your life. It, it's happening, you should count on it, you should plan on it that it's going to happen sometimes as christians and as as followers of christ we can try to have a lot of knowledge to try to overcome things i think if i could just learn a little bit more then i could do it if i could just if i could just study the word a little bit more and and i'm not saying you you shouldn't study the word of god but i want to tell you that that application will be knowledge every single time sometimes the challenge is that we 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 aren't overcoming what the enemy is bringing at us because we aren't applying what god's word is saying we're just trying to learn more and more and more and in our culture the age of information which which everything is available at our fingertips because we've got a smart device or a computer that that can google whatever in the world we want to know can be known The, the the age of information i don't know about you but i've realized that just because i watched a youtube video on how to fix my furnace does not mean i've actually fixed my furnace right and we can read the word of god and go huh that's interesting close the book and walk away and not apply it and when you don't apply it what god's word is saying it doesn't matter how much you know if you're not applying it you can read the bible a thousand times a year but if you're not applying any part of it to your life i don't know if you will actually have transformation happening you've got to have application in your life the truth that you put into action leads to freedom truth and knowledge on doesn't really lead anywhere if you just do what you knew look it rhymes so it's got to be true whoa a third one if you do what you knew you know it's true <laughs> yeah right so it, 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 so you know what i mean like it's it, it's a thing you got to do it you can't just know it 
So Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Yeah, no duh. If you didn't eat for 40 days, you'd be hungry. Yeah. And, 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 to, and the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. You know, Jesus didn't have to prove anything to Satan. Right? It, it, so Satan's like, if you're the Son of God, prove it to me. Turn these stones into bread. If you know who you are in Christ, you don't have to prove it to anybody. When somebody is, is challenging you to prove, them, to prove it, you just got to understand that, that who you are is who Jesus said that you are, who God says that you are. And when you know that your identity is rooted and grounded in that, you don't have to prove anything to anyone. Who you are isn't dependent on what you do. And your value isn't assessed by other people. You don't have to post stuff to prove stuff. You don't have to put it out there in social media land to prove it. You don't have to tell everybody and broadcast it to prove it. You can just rest in who you are and who God has said that you are. And verse 4 it says, but he answered to him, it is written. So Satan is saying, if you're the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus is like, I don't have to prove anything to you. And he says, but it is, he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, the proof is, is if something is true, is can you live your life by it? Can you live your life by it? Just because it rhymes or sounds catchy doesn't make it true. Some stuff sounds good, but it isn't the truth. It just creates a false belief system. A false belief system. And we all have these belief systems in our life. But what if your truth is a trap? Wouldn't you want to know? Like, wouldn't you want to know if, if what you're believing to be true isn't actually true, if it's actually a trap? What if your truth isn't the truth? I find this, that when people are basing their life on my truth, what they're really saying is my experiences and what I've experienced from my perspective and my lens. What I've, what I've experienced from my, my childhood, what I've experienced from this interaction and that interaction. And I'm here to tell you that, that your ways and your thoughts and your perspective is one of a human looking laterally as a human. But, but the Bible says that, that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our ways. His perspective is different than our perspective. And, and what I would consider to be my truth based on my experience and how I've lived my life, guess what? I got to challenge that against the plumb line of who Jesus Christ is and who God is and say, listen, I know this might be my truth. This might be my story. This might be how I've lived. And my story is real to me and I'm not saying your story isn't real but there's a difference between your story and the truth of who God's word says and so many times we get our story and God's truth confused we blend them together because we think that our experiences are the truth but our experiences aren't the truth God's word is the truth and sometimes there is a, a, a moment where what you're experiencing is what the word of God says and, and so your experience may be a byproduct of the word of God but your experience does not dictate the truth the truth then controls your story you picking up what I'm putting down we always assume that the enemy comes with us and lies and, and, then, and we're going to quote the scripture and he's going to run away. 
But here we go. The enemy came at Jesus with lies, and Jesus quoted a scripture that says, it is written, and, and the enemy persisted. So if the enemy comes at you, you do fight him with the truth of the word of God, but it might be more than one round. You know what I'm saying? Like the battle that, that you're facing isn't just a one-round battle. It, it, it's a multiple-round battle, and, and you might win some of these battles, and you might lose a battle, but you, or a round, but you get back up and you keep fighting with the word of God. He always assumed the enemy comes with us with lies, and we quote the scripture, he runs away. But sometimes the enemy presents a partial truth. A lot of times he'll even attack you with that truth. Verse 5 and 6, we're moving on to verse 5. And then the devil took, took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And so now the Satan is now tempting Jesus with Scripture. It is written. He doesn't attack Jesus with a lie. He attacks him with Scripture. He quotes the Word of God to the Word of God and the truth of my situation versus the truth of my revelation. And, and I got to tell you, we try to turn, sometimes we try to turn things into something that we're not. It, it's funny, you can actually take the Bible and probably find a way to make it say whatever you is you want it to say to fit your circumstances. You can try to take the Bible and, and bend it down to your story, but I'm telling you, you got to change your story and move it to what the Word of God says. It's got to go the other way because the deception will have you bend the scripture down to you rather than you bending up to where God is. We try to turn stones into, into, into bread sometimes. We try to turn relationships into something that they're not. We try to turn money into security. Trust in where your hope comes from. It comes from the source. We try to turn stones into bread Sometimes we live on things and, and that, that, that aren't healthy. We live on the compliments. We live on, on the praise. You post that right selfie at the right angle and you get a lot of likes and comments on social media and you live on that. You live by that and that starts to, to puff you. And that, that's what gives you um, the, the, the feel goods on the inside. The compliments at the office, you closed that big deal, you made that big sale, the other guys in the office are high-fiving you, the other girls in the office are like, good job, you, you, know, you have the accomplishments at work. And if you're chasing the accomplishments and to find significance, listen, you will live by that, but you will die by that. And so when someone writes one negative thing on the internet against you, it will crush your spirit. And when, and when you are living on the expectations of others and the praise of others, the moment you have any sort of criticism, you were crushing it in sales in January, but in February, you didn't hit your, your quota. No, now what? You're, now it's crushing you because you've been living on this, so now the antithesis of that will now crush you. The opposite will crush you. And what you're looking on, listen, you're valued and you're, you're, you can't be from the bread that you're eating and throwing from the stones and the bread. The value that you have in your life has to be coming from God himself. Trade the truth. We can trade the truth of what God says for the opinions of other people. And, and every time that we do that, we're turning the rocks into the stones. But listen, I, here's what happens, and, and I want you to see this. You see, Satan says this. He says, it is written that he will command the angels concerning you. Jesus said this. Jesus said to him, it is also written. Some translations say, on the other hand. Some translations say, um, you should check this out. Like, you should, you should look, hold on. You said it's written here, but I'm saying, look, here's another verse here. And it says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. It is also written. What you said was true, but I know something that is even truer. What you said is true, but I know something that's even truer. 
I know something that's true. I made a mistake. I've made mistakes in my life. I, I've got things that have happened in my past that, 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 that have, have caused great condemnation inside of me. But here's what I know is that my mistakes can be a miracle in, in the right hands. That, that my past can be something that can be a miracle in the future. Because we serve a God that can work miracles out of our messes. We serve a God that can work out of that. Yeah, that was true, but I know something that's truer. Yeah, the enemy will come at you and say, you're a failure because of what happened to you. You're a failure because of what did you did. Right? Can, am I preaching to the right people this morning? Right? Like, like we know that we've had this past problem, right? And then, and then the, the enemy will accuse you with that. But they, listen, I know something that's truer, that my God is a good God, and that he can work a miracle out of the mess that you've made in your life. Paul said, I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. I've been pressed, but I'm not crushed. I'm pressed by the truth of what the doctor said, but I'm not crushed because I know the life that I have in Christ. I'm, I'm pressed by the circumstances around me, but I'm not crushed by it because I know that I serve a good, good God. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm struck down for a minute, but I am not destroyed. I am lonely, but I am not alone. Weak, I am weak, but he is strong. I am poor, he is rich. The contrast of our circumstances versus the truth of what God's word says. I did it, but I am not it. Somebody this morning needs to hear that. You did it, but you are not it. You've got to find some freedom, and I believe today can be that day for you. You did it, but you're not it. Your action that once happened in your life is not the identity of who you are. Because that does not define you. When you are in Christ, Christ defines you. When you are a follower of him, he defines who you are. Not that action that you did. I know the difference between my truth and my story. You've got a story in your head. Every one of us do this. Don't pretend you didn't or you don't. We've got a story in our head of what we tell people. Sometimes I, I, I encounter people sometimes that will almost pre-reject themselves like Preject themselves and, and they will pre-reject themselves in a circumstance because the story that's running through their head will disqualify them before they even try to give it a shot. And I'm telling you that, that your story is now controlling your life rather than the truth. Don't let your story dictate your life. It's the truth that has to control it. So here we go. I got three points this morning and this is it. Number one is trust in the truth. Number one is we have to trust in the truth. John chapter 8 verse 32 says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You have to know it in order for it to set you free. You got to have the first part to have the second part. Not just to quote it, but to actually live it and apply it. What you trust in is what is true to you. I'm going to say that again. What you trust in is what is true to you. What, 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 do you, what do you trust in? Because what you trust in will reveal what is true to you. Well, what is it that, that you trust in? You see, I, I think that Jesus turning the stone into bread would have been a substitute. I don't know if it would have been a sin. What Jesus is saying is, I don't, I don't live by that. When he, when he says, I'm not going to do that, he says, I don't live by that. I don't, I don't trust in that. What, what is it that you're trusting in? I, I, I think it's interesting. It's, sometimes it's hard to 
analyze that on ourselves. Our, our, our clearer vision oftentimes is to look at others and see it a little bit clearer. At least we think we do. We think we see it clearer in others. But then we, and, and I just want to challenge you. Sometimes it's difficult. And, and this might be one of those things where you really need to seek God and say, what am I trusting in? When, when people ask, I love this in our culture, people say, what do you do? And they introduce you. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm like, what do you do? Um, what do I do? Right now, I'm talking to you. That's what I'm doing. You know, no, no, like, what do you do during, during the day? And I was like, man, I talk to a lot of people. I do this, I do that, I do the other thing. You know, I send emails. What do you do? You know, and what they're trying to say is, what do you do for a living, right? It's like, what's your, what's your primary occupation, you know? And, and so I find it funny. It's like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What is it that you trust in? When you, when you have those conversations, what is the identity of who you project yourself to be? Oh, I'm an engineer. That's what I am. I'm an engineer. That's, that's what I do. And, I, and I'm not saying that you aren't an engineer, but, but is that what you're trusting in? I got a double PhD in rotary bioscience. Is that a thing? You know, but like it's, you know, what is it that you're trusting in? Are you trusting in the fact of your knowledge, your education? I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying, is that what you're trusting in? Is that what your truth is? Is that, is that what you're basing your, your life on? Is that what you find yourself? And some people, they, 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 they find that they trust in their money. They say, well, I, you know, they, and whether they don't say it out loud, but internally they know that they're trusting in their money. Whereas if the bank account is going up in value, they feel good. And if the bank account is going down in value, they feel bad. Are your emotions, what are your emotions tied to? What are you, what are you trusting in? What, what, what are you trusting? And you've got to trust in the truth. What is it that you're, that, you're, that you're trusting? Are you trusting in your relationship? Are you trusting in your marriage? Are you trusting in, in your kids? And, and, and then your kids got to have all the right grades and all the right sports and they got to get scholarships and they got to do the thing and they got to have trophies and accolades. And, and like, what is it that you're trusting in? What is it that you're saying, this is my anchor, this is the thing? I'm telling you, you've got to trust in the truth. Sometimes we can see others in, in a light that we, that we can, this is the, and this is what happens. We say, if I was in their shoes, this is what I would do. That's how it manifests. Now, if I was in their shoes, this is what I would do. We think that, well, they're just, they're just trusting in the, the wrong thing. We can see others that are trusting in a substitute when there's a better way. All the politicians, we can watch all the news channels and every one of them, we're like, oh, no, they're doing it wrong, you know. They're doing it wrong. If I, if, I was, if I was there, that's what I'd do. Hey, if I was in charge of this business, this is what I would do. If I was managing this team, this is what I would do. If I was, and if I was, oh, they're just, they're not doing it right. Hey, right? If we, if we look at, oh, if I was the pastor of this church, oh, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll back up. I'll back up. If I was running this church, I'd do a, a few different things. I'd have 20-minute services. I'd have 45 minutes. I'd have five-hour services. And the glory of the Lord would fall. Amen, that's right. <laughs> Listen, it is written, but it is also written, is what Jesus said. Listen, you might, you might have this, but there is also, it is also written. Sometimes you have been trusting your story, and you become a slave to it. Do you believe your story like a truth? My second point is, don't become a slave to your story. It is written. Your story has been written. You've lived these experiences. Don't become a slave to it. You, there is a story that is written about your life. It is being written about your life, and the ending is not here. 
Just because your grandma did it that way and your mom did it that way doesn't mean you have to do it that way. Just because you've had these experiences and you've seen there's a pattern in your life. Listen, we work a God who can work miracles and break the patterns out of your life. There is an answer. You go in John 8, we start at 32, going into 33. And they answered him, we are the offsprings of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? <clears throat> he's speaking to the Pharisees, the leaders of the Israelite community, and saying, we were offspring, never been enslaved to anyone. They have told their, this story to themselves so long that they believed it because, you see, they were actually enslaved to the Egyptians for 400-something years. They were captives by Babylon. They were, they, were, there was in slavery that's happened in their culture and in their environment and in their people group all the way through history. You can see these moments of slavery that happened with the Israelites. They were enslaved for all these, these years and these, and these different experiences. These same people told themselves a story for so long it became truth to them. Sometimes you can tell a story to yourself for so long that it becomes more truth than the actual truth. Becomes more truth than the actual truth. Listen, I'm telling you, I don't want to exchange truth for a lie. I don't want you to exchange truth for a lie. I don't, I don't want you to tell yourself stories to the place where the story becomes more real than what God's word says about you. Where God's word says about you. Sometimes we tell ourselves stories and, and we comfort ourselves with the self-pity. We comfort ourselves. You know, self-pity is great. It's like a, a warm, electric, fuzzy blanket. In the wintertime next to the fire. Like, it's, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. And, and, and like, oh, and I'm, you tell yourself stuff, pity. Nobody ever comes and visits me. Nobody ever checks on me. And, and, and I'm just, nobody's ever. And, and guess what? It's because you're not going out and actually reaching out and doing those things. And maybe just for a moment, like, like maybe God is calling you to actually make the phone calls and reach out to those people who are hurting and need. But you're not doing it. So you make yourself feel better because you say, I'm not doing that because they're not doing it for me. And you fall into the self-pity trap. No one's checking on me. My family never calls. When you become a slave to your story, you end up dying a death between two truths. One is the old story and one is your new truth. In the Bible, you can see it this way. In the Bible, you can see it this way. Is that, is that David, um, David had a story. King David, he had a story. When Samuel came to anoint a new king, he showed up at David's house, and, and, to jet, and, and uh, the, the dad pulls out all the, all the sons, and he says, bring in all your sons. I believe that uh, God is saying that one of your sons will be the next king of Israel. So the dad brings up all the sons, except for one, David the youngest. He sends David out to take care of the sheep and the shepherd. And Samuel shows up to anoint a king, and he's praying, and he's looking at these people. He says, nope, 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 I don't think this is right. You sure you don't have any more sons? You know, the dad says, oh, yeah, yeah, we got one more. We got more, oh, yeah. He's out in the field taking care of it. He's the little guy. He's the runt. Well, bring him in. He comes in. You know, imagine this. Like, all the, all the brothers are in there. The dad's in there. Oh, yeah, we got one more out there. They're like, ha, 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 yeah, David the runt, ha, ha, And they bring him in there, and then he's like, what's going on? And then Samuel says, no, no, he's the one, and he anoints him as king. Samuel leaves, and what does dad do? You fed the sheep yet? Go take care of him, right? He's been anointed to be the, the next king, and he gets back out onto the pasture, 
A little while later, David becomes Uber Eats. They send him with the food to go feed his older brothers, who the real heroes are, out fighting the battle against the Philistines, right? So now David's story is this. I am the rejected son. I am the youngest, the smallest, the least capable, the least respected in my own house. My dad tolerates me. My brothers, they pick on me. I've been raised in this toxic home environment, right? You know, and, and he's like getting all snowflakey on, on you, right? That, that's his story, right? His story is that, like, like, he gets up there, and then he finally is like, hey, guess what? The real heroes are out fighting the real battle, but all I want you to do is take some food and put it on your donkey and walk it out to them. That's, it. that's his story. That's his story. And he shows up at the battlefield, and, and, and he sees this Philistine, and he could say this. He could say, I know my story is this, that it's not my place. i got to wait my turn, and, and the sheep are hungry. And, and, and his story is this, but he understands that the word of God is the truth. And he says, who would dare defile my God like this? I'm going to take that guy down, right? Like, listen, you can rely on your story, or you can say, this is what God has called me to. You can say, I can rely on my story. Listen, your experiences are real. Your story is real. I'm not saying it's not. And I'm not saying there aren't obstacles to overcome with that. But I'm saying don't get stuck there and be a slave to your story when God is trying to bring freedom in your life. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Number three, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Listen, what Moses couldn't do in 40 years, Jesus did it in 40 days. He wasn't just fasting, writing a new story. You see, the cross is a new ending a new way of life, a, a freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. You don't have to trade stones for bread. You don't have to trade truth for lies. You don't have to own the story that you were handed. If it doesn't match the reality of what God has spoken. Will you guys stand with me? Imagine going have the whole band come out. The whole band come out. We're going to sing this song. And, and um, because I believe that God wants to bring freedom into someone's life this morning. I really do. I believe that God wants to set somebody free from a lie that's been holding them down. You've been a slave to this thing. When something bad happens, when you find yourself saying, well, that's just the way of my life. Oh, that's just my luck. That's just the way it's always been and always has been. Listen, if you start saying those things when something bad happens, I'm telling you that that is indication that there is a, you're being a slave to this story. You're being a slave to the story. You've been letting the enemy edit the story of your life by sprinkling those thoughts and shooting those fiery arrows into your mind and into your heart saying, that's just how you've always been. That's how you always will be. That's just who we are. I'm always broke. I'm always this. Oh, everything always breaks. Oh, that's just how it is. I ruin every relationship I get involved with. I can't hold a job because that's just who I am. No, that's not who you are. That might be what you did, but it's not who you are. You've been letting the enemy edit the story of your life, and I'm here to tell you you need a new editor. You need a new editor to your story because I tell you today it is also written. It may have been written in your story, but it is also written in the word of God. You're trapped in your old truth. Listen, the tension between the truths of what I feel and what I know and, and, and what I was and what I'm becoming. And this is where your faith grows because you got to acknowledge that, listen, I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. I'm on a journey, and as long as I cling to the truth of what God is saying and reject the lies of the enemy in my life, Are you trapped in your old truth and God has given you a new one? 
The law was old truth, but Jesus was grace and truth. Listen, I don't deserve any of this, but, but it's also written. It seems like my life has always been this way, but guess what? It is also written. Come on, let's sing. I don't deserve all of any of this, but it's also written. I am the righteousness of God, Christ, faith, and me. We're going to sing this song, and I want to tell you that what the enemy meant for evil, God wants to use it for good. That the things that have been holding you back, that God wants to set you free from that stuff. The lies of the enemy that have been in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit, the story that you've been living your entire life, I'm telling you today is a new day. And you can say, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's written, but it is also written in God's word that today is a new day. That my God is a God that will make a miracle out of the mess that has been my story. You can be set free from those patterns and that past. It doesn't have to define you. It's what you did, but it's not who you are.
to receive the new truth, you've got to let go of the old story. I'm telling you that every time the fiery darts, the lies of the enemy come after you, you've got to say, you can tell them, yeah, you're right, devil. That is my story, but I'm not going to cling to that. I'm not a slave to that anymore. Because he who knows Christ is free. He didn't come to, he come to set you free by acknowledging the truth of who he is and what he's done. I want to challenge you and encourage you to choose the unpredictability of freedom over the certainty of slavery. If you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never submitted your life to him, uh, today can be that day for you. And listen, following Jesus is, is three steps. It's A, B, and C. A is you admit that you're a sinner, that you've fallen short of who God says you are. B, it says, I believe that you are the son of God and that you came and died on the cross and paid the price for my sin so that I can be reunited with him. And C is that you confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so if that's where you're at today, you can just pray this simple prayer. It says, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that you are the Son of God, and I confess that you are Lord. You can pray and say, God, I, I choose to surrender everything to you. I submit my life to you. I no longer want to be a slave to my story. I want to be a slave to the truth of who you say that I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. I'm telling you what. Today's a good day. Today's a good day good day. We can walk away from that story and just embrace and who God says that you are. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.